welcome back to our next lesson in our series. Now, that's a crazy story where we're looking through the parables of Jesus. That's right. And today we have a really interesting situation because we're not going to be looking at just one parable. We have three for the price of one. Well, and you can't separate the three. Uh, they're right there in one little teaching segment that Jesus is doing to a group of people. And he goes through all three of them. And they really weave together well. Yeah, so he's going to use three different illustrations really to, to make all the same points. Right. And so where we're going to be at today is in Luke chapter 15. So this is right off the back of Luke 14 where it ends with Jesus drawing these really large crowds and he's talking about the cost of discipleship in that section. Mm -hmm. So then we get into Luke 15 and he talks about how there's these two different groups of individuals who have come to hear Jesus. So uh, he uses three different parables to talk to these individuals. One group of individuals is the tax collectors and sinners. Um, and it says that they were gathering around to hear him. But then he puts that up against the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, who they weren't really there to hear. They were there more for judgment and condemnation. Well, and that's the thing. Everywhere that Jesus went, he drew a crowd. Right. And most of the time it was people that were outcasts, people that had some reason to look. They're searchers. They're looking for something else. But there's always some Pharisee or Sadducee hanging in the wings just trying to catch him in something that he's saying. Right. And so Jesus is going to use these parables, and he's going to use them and, of course, illustrate them in such a way that they would be things that his listeners could easily identify with. So he's going to talk about the lost sheep. He's going to talk about this lost coin, and then he's going to talk about the lost son or the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. Um, so what he's really, really addressing here, why he's using these parables, is to give hope to these sinners. Uh, and also, though, as a response to how the Pharisees viewed themselves in comparison to these sinners. I mean, the word Pharisee itself means separated ones. Right. And right. So they weren't even wanting to have anything to do with these sinners and tax collectors, no. and they're all over Jesus for even being with them. Exactly. Yeah. And so we, yeah, so we have all these three parables, and they're teaching all of these same concepts, but they go, when, of course, when we get to the last one, we even go to another level yeah. and go to a different step that more addresses the Pharisees. That's right. So, so in other words, I think what Jesus is doing here is teaching both the Pharisees and the sinners about the kingdom right. uh, and God's desire uh, for for everybody to repent exactly, and so I think I think uh, what we see through these three parables is really some running themes. Again, that's why Jesus uses them all together. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first running theme I see running running through all three texts is that in all three parables, the lost thing, whatever it may be, is actively being searched for. Right. So we have in the story of the lost sheep, uh, the the shepherd leaves the ninety nine sheep. And he goes to find the one who wanders off. Then we have the story of the lost coin where the, the woman loses this coin. And then she, it says that she gets out of the lamp, sweeps her, sweeps her house, and searches carefully. And then finally, with the prodigal son, we see that the father sees the son from far away and goes out to him. And so this is strongly Im- implying that... Uh, that he was looking for him the whole time. Right. He wasn't just hanging around in his house and, and just kind of casually glanced that way. He was actively looking on a regular basis. Maybe he had a balcony on his house he stood <laughs> on and looked at a distance and checked to see. And so he did see him. And what all of these three tell you is that there was a value 
right. in the lost. Whatever was lost, there was a value in that. And that's kingdom business that's exactly right there because right. there is a value to everybody. And we were, we were in those three different parables. You see a value assigned because everybody stopped what they were doing and searched for it. Right. So there was a searching going on. There was this, this idea of the lost thing is every bit as valuable as the thing that wasn't lost. That's right. Mm-hmm. And this really, this flies in the face of the, what the Pharisees thought. Right. Right. So they thought based off of their, own rules of righteousness that they were the only guys in the kingdom. That's right. And so what Jesus is, is showing them is that the kingdom of, of God is open to anybody who repents. That's right. And you see this so much. I, even the one I, of course, I really love is the one with the sheep, where he actually left 99 healthy sheep mm-hmm. because of the value of that one sheep. It's not like he brought them all with him in the search. He said, y'all hang here. And he went out and left them and found this one and brought back to them. Right. So the idea there is that the the, the things that are not lost are, are safe. They're okay. Yeah, they're they're okay. But we need to actively be searching for the thing that's lost. And you bring bring up a, a point there. So in Luke five, there's a, a very similar situation that that Jesus goes through, and um, he's eaten with sinners and tax collectors there. And he's asked, or his disciples are asked, like, why do y'all eat with sinners and tax collectors? And Jesus' response there is, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Right. And so you've got this whole concept that Jesus is laying out there, that he is on this earth for the sole purpose of finding those that are lost. Right. That, is what he's, that is what he's here for. Yeah, and here we are. He's giving three different examples uh, three different stories that they could easily identify with to express what he's trying to teach them. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what a good teacher does. And, of course, we know Jesus is the greatest right. teacher. He's going to find a way to to make the story relevant to the context of the listener. Right. And so he's using these analogies that, for us, may be really foreign, but for them, they got it right away. Well, and I want us, our, our listeners to kind of hang on to that word from Luke chapter 5 where he talks about, he didn't come to save the righteous. Mm-hmm. There's there's something about that righteous that we're going to talk about in a little bit later. Oh yeah, so so we talked about how how God is actively searching in, in these parables. Um, it's it's very interesting to note as we get ready to go into the prodigal son that the father didn't just go out to the the son that went out and lived wildly. He went out to the older son exactly. too. Exactly. He had to go out and he had to leave his house and pursue him. Right. So so Jesus is making a point. You guys aren't as righteous as you think you are. Right. So it's it's a both and situation and not just an either or. Um, but on, another running theme that we see in these texts. Uh, and such such a big point here is that there is rejoicing when that which was lost is finally found. In all three of them, we see them, and, and in the first two, Jesus even equates that to the rejoicing in heaven. That's right. And when he he says they rejoice when they found the lost sheep, as the angels do mm-hmm. when the lost comes. And the same theme came up in the lost coin. Now that's not mentioned in the third one, but you get that same idea. That we are not just celebrating here on earth. Angels in heaven are celebrating. Right. So the the way he he talks about it within the the stories themselves, he says that uh, friends and neighbors are called together to celebrate the first two. And then basically that third one, there's this big party thrown when when the lost son returns. Um, So the big point, 
that there is rejoicing in heaven when, when a sinner repents. And the, the Pharisees, instead of being joyful that the, the sinners are, are being reached and that there's repentance happening, they're, they're just so consumed with their self-righteousness and looking down on these other individuals that they just miss it entirely. Exactly. And I love this, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm mindful of our Sunday mornings when we have a baptism. And we have somebody that confesses the name of Jesus. Our whole audience claps yeah. and cheers at that moment because we're supposed to be. That's a rejoicing moment. I mean, if the angels are going to rejoice, why wouldn't we? <laughs> That's exactly. It can't right. be a somber moment. Exactly. Yeah. So anytime the lost thing is found, like that is a, a thing to celebrate uh, that God has taken somebody from death to life, and that's exactly what He says about. The uh, the younger son is that this this brother of yours has has was dead and now he's alive. That's right. And mm-hmm. so that's what we're what, that's what we're celebrating. And I think that what I really like about that story is as we as we kind of bring in the kind of the Pharisee side is so the older son uh, when the younger son is brought back, of course he's mad and oh, yeah. he's out there complaining. Well, what does that sound like? The Pharisees right at the beginning of the chapter I mean, muttering it's, and complaining. It's a, it's a mirror image. I mean, mm-hmm. that mirror just dropped down right in front of the Pharisees at that moment. And they saw themselves. Or at least they should have. I'm not yeah. sure they did, but they should have. Yeah, hopefully there were some in the crowd that, that got what Jesus was saying. And mm-hmm. hopefully they repented in that That's case. Right. Let's rejoice over that, right? Um, Jesus is, is trying to reach them every bit as much as he's trying to reach the sinners and the tax collectors. Right. But, you know, they have they have to realize that they're just as lost as the person that they think is a sinner and tax collector. Um, and about the, the son's, the older son's response, I think, is really interesting. So the father runs out to him, and this is just such a Pharisee thing. Uh, the the older son's response is, the son of yours. Oh, yes. So he's disowning him entirely. Not even acknowledge him as brother. Mm-mm. And the response of the father, though, was the exact opposite. He mm-hmm. tells him, this brother of yours. That's right. That this is somebody that you should value. This is somebody that you should love. This is somebody that you should care about. Somebody that you should rejoice that he has come back home. Right. And I love the fact that in his argument that the, the, the older brother did, he exaggerated the truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said things. I mean, he even said, I have always yeah. followed your rules. Well, we know that's not true. Nobody always follows anything. But the Pharisees felt that way. Right. That they did not have anything but righteousness. And there is a, there is a lie built into that because we are human. We do fall. Romans tells us that we all have sinned and fall short of the glory that's of right. God. Right. So this is what Jesus is addressing in these three parables. Um, but what about for us? Like we're, we're the whole idea of a shepherd and leaving his, his flock. And then there's the whole inheritance thing and the lost coin. Like we can get meaning out of this, but that is kind of different for our context here 2000 years right. later. So how does that work in, in our situation? Like in other words, maybe what parable would Jesus use today? What comparison might he use? Well, I think of things that we have a value as like a, our phone. Yeah. I mean, if, if either on any of us, and it happens pretty regularly in the office, if somebody <laughs> loses their cell phone, everybody kind of stops and helps them find it. Right. As a matter of fact, people are saying, do you want me to call it? you want me to ring it? And, no, and we're trying to look around and find it because it's something that we hold in value. And so we're going we're gonna to look for a cell phone if it's lost. Yeah, and that, that I think that's the the perfect example. Like there is such a panic when you lose this thing that you value so much, and that's why I, I think Jesus talks about how 
the the person in each in each story, which ultimately is God, is carefully searching. That's He's right. out because he knows the value of the lost thing. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how we w- would act. So I think that's a great analogy for us here in 2023. But what about what about some of those things where we might draw lines in the sand like the Pharisees did, uh, where we have to be careful not to see ourselves as as righteous in comparison right. to others. So culturally, what are some of those things? I think one of the things that we see here at WFR a lot with our Celebrate Recovery is people coming out of a lifestyle of drug abuse, not right. abuse. Exactly, and you have that situation where, as a church, we want to not just be accepting of them, but we want to know that they're part of our family. Mm-hmm. They are a brother. That brother of yours who was lost is now found. That's, we need to have that attitude toward them. And it's not just drug addictions and things like this. We've had these stigmas in the year of, of unwed mothers. We've yeah. had the stigma over the years of, of, of homosexuals, of anybody that, that is, in our mind, has something unclean about them. Mm-hmm. And so we have to make sure that we're not lining up with the Pharisees in our view of that. Right. And so, again, the whole idea of kingdom. Who is the kingdom of God available to anybody who repents that's right it doesn't matter what you've done what background you you came from god is looking for a repentant heart and he's willing to welcome you home exactly and that's really what the point of all these stories are so what about what about for us the the he who hears moment like what's our take-home messages from this well our take-home message for a lot of well for one part is if i am in a situation where i am outside of god he is longing to find me. Right. He is searching for me. He is looking for me. I am, I am not somebody that has no value. Mm-hmm. I am somebody he wants to find. And that is a very important take home for us to realize that we have that value. God has his people out looking for us right. and wants us to, and longs for us to come home. Right. So I, I have two kind of final points that I think are, are great take home messages for those of you watching online. Number one is like like let's put ourselves in the eyes of the Pharisee or the sinners and tax collectors. So if you are more like the Pharisee in the story, for you see people the way that Jesus sees them. Right. Seek the lost. Rejoice over repentance. Um, if you're not rejoicing when a sinner repents, there's some self-evaluation that needs to be going exactly. on. Right. And then finally, if you're more like the sinner and the tax collector in the story, know this: God loves you he desires for you to repent and he's willing to welcome you home just like the father welcomed the younger brother home awesome man thank you for this that was a good story tonight glad to do it all right